This episode is brought to you by our Patreon page over at patreon.com slash GameZilla Media. Which means this episode is brought to us by you. Right? That's how not it works. no, not me. No, no, the fans. Right, yeah. The yes. listener. We're talking when I say you, I mean the listeners. Yes, the the figurative you, right? Yes. But nobody else is in here with us as we record this. Who I'm are you lo- talking I'm about? I'm looking at the computer when I say it. Oh, oh. oh no. Alright. So just go to GameZilla Media on Patreon.com. There you'll be able to choose your patronage level and get different access to the shows. So you can get exclusive content for The Legend of Retro and Noobs and Dragons. Noobs and Dragons? The show with that handsome devil, Craig WK? Well, almost all of those words were right. Yeah. And if you go on there and sign up, you can also get access to a private Discord channel in our Discord group. Basically, the more dollars you give us, the more things we can give you. Exactly. So go to patreon.com slash gamesillamedia and become a patron today. Do it. Yeah. Prepare yourselves for a journey through history. Get equipped for adventure. Grab your power gloves and super scopes, for it's dangerous to go alone. This is The Legend of Retro. Welcome to Legend of Retro. I am Craig WK. With me is my buddy, The Glitch. Hey, what's up, Craig? How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. How about you, The Glitch? I'm good. So our listeners can see that today we're going to be talking about... Donkey Kong Country 3. Yeah. For the Super Nintendo. Mm-hmm. I have a confession. Uh, yeah? Donkey Kong isn't the number one DK in my heart. What, really? Yeah. Who's who's the best DK? The best DK? That would be the Deadite Knight. I am touched. I am <laughs> I'm legitimately touched to have have uh, squashed out Donkey Kong as the number one DK in your heart. Welcome, the Deadite Knight. Welcome myself. to the Deadite. It's good to be here. I'm really excited. Deadite, it's great to have you here. Uh, today, we're talking about uh, another DK, a lesser DK, if you will, Donkey Kong Country <laughs> 3. It almost feels blasphemous to <laughs> put myself above the Donkey Kong as I am such an immense fan. He's my favorite Nintendo character. Favorite Donkey Kong is your favorite Nintendo character? No doubt. I love Donkey Kong. Nice. So, I... Uh, Donkey Kong, Donkey Kong Country 3 was released for the Super Nintendo by Rare on November 22nd, 1996, and this platformer features Dixie and her cousin Kitty as they travel the northern cremosphere to Kong <laughs> uh, uh, to save Donkey and Diddy Kong from the forces of chaos. Uh, so, uh, guys, I, I guess the first question I have for you two is, like, what was your experience with the game when you were younger? Like, did you play it when it first came out? Did you play it only later? Uh, like, what was your guys' experiences with the game? So I didn't own a Super Nintendo as a child. I had NES, then I went to N64. My friends lived two houses down. Mm-hmm. They did have a Super Nintendo, and we were super addicted to Donkey Kong Country and Donkey Kong Country 2. So when the third one dropped, they got it like really fast after the game came out. You know, I don't I don't know if it was like a day one thing or I think it was maybe a birthday based on when it came out, one of my buddy's birthdays. Yeah. But we then were just super sucked in like, oh, man, we got new Donkey Kong Country. We are ready to go. Yeah. And we just we just went at it right there. Nice, nice. Uh, Glitch, how about for you? Uh, where what, what was your first experience with uh, Donkey Kong Country 3? So we had a Super Nintendo, mm-hmm. and we definitely had one and two growing up. Yeah. So we actually got this that Christmas. So it was Christmas in 96, which I hail is the best Christmas I ever had. Mm-hmm. Because not only did we get that game, yeah, we also got Super Mario RPG. Nice. My brother got Kirby Superstar. 
Uh huh. Man. And then the CD I got that year was No Doubt Tragic Kingdom. Big, big Christmas for so sure. My, that my, is a solid my Christmas. My mom did great that year. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that is an amazing Christmas. <laughs> I, 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 I feel like I probably had a, a probably a pretty good Christmas. I think I was kind of spoiled when I was a kid because uh, I got uh, Talking on Country 3 for Christmas as well from, I think my uh, grandparents uh, got me this. And I remember, uh, in fact, yeah, they did because I distinctly remember uh, going, like, like getting the present. At their house, not having a Super Nintendo there, of course. And so I was just sitting there the whole time thinking, like, man, I kind of wish I wasn't at Grandma's house but <laughs> I was home playing this game. It's a really reasonable thought to have when you receive a game and you're not at your own home as a child. It, it is, yeah. I, I feel like that hap- Like, I, I'm, I'm eternally grateful to my grandparents for you know, getting me all these great games that I remember, like, you know, on Christmases and birthdays and stuff. But I do always have that thought in the back of my head where I'm like, man, I kind of wish I had gotten the present at home and not at their house. I uh, so let's talk about the gameplay a bit. Yeah. I uh, so it's I mean, it's kind of par for the course, right? It's it's more of the same of, you know, like the Talking on Country series. Yeah, this is a little bit more, I felt like, the first one because you do have that big brood, which yeah. is which is played by uh, Kitty, yeah. Kitty Kong. Oh, jeez. Which, um, <laughs> it, in Japan, it, he was known as uh, Dinky. Yeah, I, I think it's good that they didn't call him Dinky Kong here. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah, it's probably for the best that they didn't call him Dinky Kong. That's kind of weird, right? Yeah, I, I guess it, in our perverse minds in the United States, we quickly... Dinky Kong instantly kind of goes down a certain road of What's mock, mockery of one's equipment. I, and this is a clean show. I'm trying to find a way to make this for the actually for the children. Well, it's just like that whole thing with Pac-Man was originally supposed to be Puck-Man. Yeah. But yeah. They, I mean, they couldn't legitimately put that onto an arcade and it be vandalized so easily. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you know people would, too. They made the right choice. So interesting, uh, interesting, yeah. uh, interestingly enough, uh, Japan got this after us. Normally, Japan gets everything months before us. Oh yeah, and uh, we got this one first. It's. It, I'm sure it's probably because of the fact that the Super Nintendo's lifespan was was over. Really, I mean, like, yeah, Super Nintendo still had some great games, but like Nintendo 64 was out. Yeah. You know, and I'm sure Nintendo of America was like, yeah, no, if you're not getting that out like this year, you're just not it's not going to sell like you're going to have to get it out as soon as possible. I uh, now I uh, uh, when it comes to, uh, uh, you know, Dinky Kong, uh, Kitty Kong, I. <laughs> yeah. uh, which is still a little weird, right? Like it's still kind of weird that he's Kitty Kong. Well, he, he's a, he's a, what a baby orangutan in a onesie or something like that. <laughs> yeah, like he's just a giant baby Kong. Yeah, it's he won big baby. It, it's one it's one of the things where you look at this game mm-hmm. and and you just kind of go, why couldn't have this been Dixie and Donkey just saving Diddy? Like. Yeah, it's not like they sold a bunch of merchandise. It's not like it was a play to sell toys or something. Like I don't really understand from a, a choice. Why create this new character that historically now is mocked by everyone? Like people are like, yeah, Dixie Diddy. Like those were cool additions to the Donkey Kong universe. No one, and I'm I'm pretty deep in the Donkey Kong community. I can speak for everyone. No one reminisces about Kitty Kong. You know what? I I wish I could say like otherwise and be like, yeah, well, I'm a part of like the Kitty Kong fan group. No, because there is none. No, it's not a thing. It's just not cool. You're playing as a baby. It's just. Like, it's, it's just not cool. It's real weird. Uh, 
it goes against like the Super Nintendo like radical attitude of the time. Like everything had to be like extreme or radical. No, playing as a baby <laughs> ape is in no way cool. Hey kids, do you want to play as a big baby? <laughs> well, then Donkey Kong Country Three, <laughs> Dixie's Double Trouble is for you, for you, for you. I well, wasn't uh-huh. wasn't one of the characters in uh. Donkey Kong 64 called Baby or something like that? Or am I Yeah, wrong? Baby Kong is like a... And again, I, I have to at least preface this with saying I've never played Donkey Kong 64. Yeah. okay. It's, it's a game that just somehow I've never played in, throughout my years of Donkey Kong fandom. Mm-hmm. Uh, Baby Kong, I think, was like a little lady ape with uh, pigtails. was Baby Kong, I believe. I think you might be right. I, I let's. I'll, I'll take a look on the uh, the old internet here, but uh, I. It, it's it's really weird that they decided to go in that route where well, it's just like, hey, uh, how about you guys play as a big baby? <laughs> See, Baby Kong is more in the vein of Baby Spice, a grown woman who dresses as a baby in the Spice Girls. And around that time, the Spice Girls would have their popularity would have just been sort of falling off, right? When the Nintendo sixty four, it, it would have been around that time yeah. that yeah. they were relevant, and also. The Spice Girls are from the UK. Rare from the UK. Maybe maybe Baby Spice was a play. Oh. You got Ginger Kong. <laughs> scary <laughs> Kong. Spooky Kong. <laughs> oh, scary Kong. I always call it Spooky Spice. <laughs> Posh Kong. <laughs> oh, man. I... If you, want, see. if you want to check out the Legend Retro play <laughs> Spice World on the PlayStation, go check out one of our retro relapses oh, on the YouTube channel. Nice. I do not recommend that. It was so bad. I uh, there was I uh, I uh, let's see. Don't sleep on Lanky Kong. There was Lanky Kong. There was mm-hmm. Tiny Kong. I think that's who we might be thinking of. She had the oh, pigtails. that was the little girl with the pigtails. Yeah, yeah that's right. Not Baby uh, Kong. Yeah, I mean it, it would. I mean that would have been a great reference to the, to the Spice Girls. But yeah, it was Tiny Kong. I uh, I. Uh, I think Chunky Kong, Lanky Kong. Oh, there's so many weird Kongs. <laughs> it's so weird. Yeah, I, I, yeah, that's weird. Well, that's going down the path of Donkey Kong 64 opposed to Donkey Kong Country 3. Yeah. Yeah, so, like, uh, I mean, you still have Dixie Kong in the game, even if Kitty Kong is weird. You still have her. She still hovers with her hair. I mean, so she's still a ton of fun to play. And, I mean, Kitty Kong is basically... Donkey Kong. It's just weird that they didn't throw him in instead of the baby. I I like Dixie Kong so much as a child. I had a pet gerbil named Dixie. Really? Because of Dixie Kong. (laughs) That's cool. It was a little girl gerbil, so I named her Dixie. In uh, in this game, and I can't remember if you could do this in the second one, but you could pick up your teammate and throw them. You can, yeah. Mm -hmm. Was that 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 in the second one? Yes. Okay. Yeah, that was in the second one. Uh, Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, There was also, and I think this is probably the biggest gameplay change, which we haven't even touched on. The overworld, like you, you travel around and like you get items and stuff and like you talk to people and it almost is like uh, like has adventure game elements to it because of that. Yeah, I really enjoyed that part of the game. Like you could even go to certain worlds, sections and three and four, three yeah. and four. You could choose which one you want to play as three and as four. Yeah. To me, honestly, like when I was younger, when I saw that stuff, I was like. Why am I not playing more levels? Like, why am I currently finding like this weird Canadian bears, like, <laughs> uh, like you know, like hedge trimmer or something? It was like I need this hedge trimmer in order to like b- create this like machine that'll like go over this ice flow that'll get you to the next world. And it's like, 
okay, yeah, I mean, I'll do it, but like, I, I just kind of wish I was playing more of the levels and not doing this stuff. What you overlook is the, the pace of life is a little different in the northern hemisphere. <laughs> it's not the fast-paced hotness of the, the southern hemisphere, the jungle. You know, you know, sometimes you just need to hang out with some bears and do some simple things. Well, you're from the jungle, eh? That's, uh, <laughs> it sounds mighty, mighty impressive, eh? Mm-hmm. They were super chill too. All those bears. Mm-hmm. They yeah, they really were. It was kind. Of, it was sort of an interesting approach because I mean, let's face it. You you had so much jungle stuff in the first Donkey Kong Country, and the second one you you sort of had a little bit more like you know there's the pirate stuff and like volcanoes and mountains and stuff, but there was still jungly type stuff going on and like you know like jungle ruins and stuff. But like you know you can only do jungle for so long, so I totally get going in that northern hemisphere direction yeah. uh but uh it is still a little weird that it was like they slapped in adventure element stuff you know because they didn't really need to i don't think i mean I, I wonder if it was just them experimenting and having fun with it yeah now no i don't know if this is the point where we talk about a little bit about the development of the game oh sure yeah we can uh, do that so this was developed by a very different team than the you know the 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 lead designers at Rare Design, Donkey Kong Country 1 and 2. Well, at this point, they had already moved on to working on projects on the Nintendo 64. And so this was sort of a, a B team from Rare that was assigned oh. the task of creating this game. So it's one of the reasons that in a lot of ways the game feels different than the yeah. first two Donkey Kong Country games. But also, they were able to try and experiment with some new things because it was a new team. That's kind of neat, at least. I, and I mean, it does show if it is a different team because, you know, it is quite different. Like, it's still a platformer, but like they, they added a lot of like elements into the levels even that like, you know, like there's like that level where you're in the pipes and like you go backwards. Like all your controls are like, you know, yeah. reversed. There's a lot of like weird gimmick levels that are can be really challenging. And I mean, it's kind of neat that they came up with all those ideas just being sort of the B team. Like it makes you think like maybe they were like, you know, sitting in the, the wings waiting and they're like, yeah, no, like Donkey Dog, Kong Country 1 and 2 are cool. But like, yeah, why didn't you do this? Yeah. You know? Yeah. I thought the levels were far off from what 1 and 2 had. Yeah. You're climbing through trees, like you're actually mm-hmm. climbing in the inside of a tree. Yeah. And things like that. Oh, yeah, the graphics a, look a, great. a big saw is chasing after you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I have a list of some of my favorite levels from the oh, game. Yeah, yeah. I also have a list of some ones that I hate from the game. <laughs> oh, by all means. So Lay them on us. So, you know, we did talk about this in the northern hemisphere, and I will say that there's aspects of this game. It, it, it It's not as strong or iconic from a environment as a world standpoint mm-hmm. like you think about like the first Donkey Kong Country game you're in the jungle the music the drums are hitting hard and you're, yeah. like, you're like in it in the second one you're on a pirate ship and the music comes in and the the creaking of the ship you're like okay this is an adventure yeah in this game you just start on like a pier you're just like <laughs> on a pier there's some water below you and you're just kind of going and it like the music's sort of like chipper and happy it doesn't create the excitement that you get in the first couple games which I thought yeah. was a little bit weird and the, that's the theme of sort of missed opportunity I think from a design of making it feel like a grand adventure mm-hmm. continues on like you have some of those stages whether you're like in the mountains but they kind of just look like you're surrounded by ugly rocks <laughs> Or, yeah, you know, I guess you're right. And in, in, you know, in the first one, you have the cool, cool like uh, mine levels. Well, mm-hmm. and the factory levels. Well, in this one, you're in a sawmill. Like you know, like a lot of the environments came across sort of bland. 
but like the glitch was saying, they did a good job creating some different gimmicks and stuff to make the levels feel fresh over yeah. some of the other games. And the one you referenced earlier is called uh, Rips, Ripsaw Rage. And that's the one where, you know, you've already played now a couple levels where you're, you're doing vertical climbing sections through trees. Yeah. And now they've added it to where it's an auto-scroller, where there's a ton of auto-scrollers in this game, but they do different mechanics all the way through. Mm -hmm. So this one is a giant saw sawing up through the tree, and you have to continue to jump up. This level gets very frustrating because to beat the time, you're jumping at the top of the screen, and then rats are just spawning and killing you. (laughs) So, you know, it takes some time to get used to that one, but... That one is still one that's tough but fun. Yeah. This game has, I think, more levels than previous Donkey Kong Country level games that go beyond tough but fun. They go to yeah. stupid and enraging. Yeah. I, uh, I I definitely remember some some pretty tough levels. Like there's the one with like the lightning storm where yes. like, lightning's coming down on you. I can't stand that one. Uh, <laughs> another one that really bothers me is when those like bees are chasing after you. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. And as soon as you jump in the water and you're like, okay, I'm going to be safe. They're just like waiting above the water. And it's like, oh, man. And then I think that might be one of the levels where you play as Ellie the elephant as well. Or it's 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 it's, a re- it's around that set of levels. But, yeah, yeah. The, the bees chasing you. And if, if it is one where you have to play as the elephant, that's enraging. <laughs> yeah, we need, I don't even know if we need to go down the path that the... The, the animal friends of this game are just enraging to me. <laughs> I love this game, but it makes me angry. I liked Ellie. I don't know. I thought that was cool. You could suck up water yeah. and shoot it at the other enemies. Yeah. And also you could suck up barrels and use them that way. There was a lot of puzzles that they uh, had Ellie sort of, you know, uh, take part in where it was. It was like you had to suck a barrel across a platform or something or like you had to like, you know, split splash water on something else or whatever, you know. And uh, yeah, there there was a lot of a lot more puzzle style mm-hmm. levels in this game than there were in previous which i didn't mind too much like some of sometimes that's pretty fun but like you know like that i'd say and like there's definitely sometimes where it's like you're you're doing these puzzle levels and it's just like oh my god this is just so annoying why am i not getting this this is just terribly frustrating there's one what is it called um barrel bounce blast the level blows <laughs> <laughs> you're you're, you know, it's another one of those that's sort of a vertically based level. A lot of the levels in this game were vertically mm-hmm. based. And, you know, there's waterfalls. That's actually one of the level uh, templates that I like a lot. The levels of the, the waterfalls I thought were really cool from a design standpoint. But this one, the barrels are falling down the waterfall. And you have to jump up the barrels mm-hmm. as they fall. I don't know if it's because I'm bad at video games <laughs> or if this level was designed awful, but there's a point where you have to like jump across four barrels and like turn and jump back. But the way they're timed, it doesn't make any sense. I have no idea how I beat this this level. I, so I will say this. I didn't mention it earlier. I went back and prepping for this, played through almost the entire game. I yeah. made it to right before the final world. And so I have no idea how I beat this as a job. Maybe one of my buddies beat it because we were playing it at, at their house. Yeah. But I'm like... This is enraging. It should not be that hard just to make a simple jump. And I kept falling down the waterfall. Ah, uh, yeah, that, that's super frustrating. I uh, now I I did want to mention the the plot a little bit because we we mentioned that you know it's sort of weird that Donkey Kong wasn't just already in the game, but uh, it's really bizarre to me because Donkey and Diddy have been kidnapped by a new foe. Dun dun dun. Chaos the robot who took control of the Kremlings, and then it turns out it's Baron K. Ruhlenstein. Man, man, that... that oh, man, I, I bet the uh, uh, the game had you going on that one. Uh, 
Uh, but like the reason why he needed Donkey and Diddy is because he like they power the chaos robot, which is weird. Like, do you guys remember that? Like, like Donkey Kong and Diddy Kong are in the robot and Baron K. Rulenstein needed them because of of that. And then there's like banana birds in the game. The magic banana birds that you have to collect and play a game of Simon. To, to <laughs> banana birds. And they're, it's all taking place in like Donkey Kong version Canada. Like this is just a really bizarre game. It's really weird. But I, I actually, so one thing that this, you know, we're talking about the banana birds. One thing that this Donkey Kong Country uh, game did really well mm-hmm. is the mini games and the side, the like side things that you mentioned. There is like adventure game aspects of this in the overworld. And one of them is you you can find these hidden caves that have the banana birds in it. Yeah. And you have to get all the banana birds to get the complete ending of the game. Right. Yeah. And when you get into one of these banana bird ga- uh, caves, if there's uh, actual youths that listen to the show, you may not know what I'm saying, but uh, there's a game called Simon. It was a... Uh, <laughs> I don't know, a lap-based game you put batteries in and had colored tiles that played different tones that you would press in. It would give you a sequence, and you had to match the sequence to the color and the music. Am I doing a good job explaining oh, what yeah, Simon yeah, is? Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. uh, yeah. So with, like, you know, so for, for an example, it'd be, like, you know, yellow, yellow, red, and then it would flash that at you, and you would have to type in yellow, yellow, red, mm. And if you got it wrong, the game was over. And, and it would keep you, extending one yeah. more yeah. beat every time. So, so it was like, like yellow, 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 yeah. red, blue. It was a game of memory. Yellow, you know, yeah. It, it, it was, I mean, I'm going to date myself, but like, it was kind of fun, right, guys? <laughs> I played Simon a lot. I, <laughs> I mean, I had one, so. Yeah, there was one at my grandma's house I used to play all the time. Oh, nice. So. Uh, okay, but this mini game to unlock the Banana Birds was like a game of Simon. And I think it made more sense in Japan because there's colors on the screen that coordinate with directions and the Japanese Super Nintendo controller it coordinated with the color of the button where we just had purple and purple buttons <laughs> yeah we in America I don't know it's really weird to me because like when when Japan looked at the Super Famicom and they made this really cool controller super comfortable and it looks great you know each button has a different color to it so x y uh, b and a uh, have you know their own like color that coordinates with it, and when they looked at like America looked at it and they were like, yeah, but like, what if it was all purple? <laughs> and, like, and, like Nintendo of Japan was like, I mean, this seems fine, right? Like, you don't think America's gonna like this? And they go, nah, rainbows are out, man. Purple's in. <laughs> yeah, it's the it's the mid nineties. We're, we're it's the early nineties. We're doing purple here. So yeah. Uh, so but yeah, you had to play this game of Simon and that unlock these banana birds. So the crystals actually do show the letters. Yes. On the controller, too, which was something I never noticed earlier when I played as a kid. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, it does have the colors from the Famicom controller, yeah. but it does still have X, Y, A, or B on the crystals you need to select. Yeah. So, I mean, you could memorize it that way, but. I mean, it's still, I feel like the, like, if you're going for, like, a, a visual presentation and you yeah. want it to look good, the, the glowing crystals glowing, you know, like, red, blue, greens, and stuff like that is a lot nicer and looks cooler than, like, X, Y, Y, X. And it's yeah. like, ugh. You also have the mini games where you go to the carnival stand and you have to play a ball throwing hit the target game oh, right. against Cranky Kong. That was Swanky's. Swanky's Sideshow, I think it was yeah. called. I forgot all about that yeah. one. Yeah. And it's it, it's one of those things like the first couple worlds when you go to play it, mm-hmm. it's it's really hard. But by the time I made it to the third or fourth world, like I had the rhythm down yeah. and I, I got really good at it. And I guess to me, like that broke up the gameplay really well. So it gave you something fun to do in between levels yeah. that was a unique skill. 
We'll talk about it later. I thought it was just a unique skill for fun. It actually helps you in a boss battle later. Yeah. Oh. Really? Uh, to touch on the the birds, because we did talk about them a little bit. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. That was an original concept for the second game. Yeah, yeah. So they, when they were finishing up, that was something they wanted to do for like an extra bonus was banana to collect birds. these banana birds, but they couldn't think of a way to, to incorporate it into the game. I, I love the idea that like the the team that worked on two like had this picture of the banana bird, and they're like, ah, this is terrible. They crumple <laughs> it up, throw it behind them, and someone on the B team picks it up, and they un- unfurl it, and they're like, yeah, banana <laughs> avian, birds. Avian fruit. <laughs> what an idea. <laughs> what a novel concept. <laughs> Dude, Steve, look at this paper I just found. Oh, my God, that would work perfectly for three. Oh, man, we were going to send him to the, the, the you know, Canada, so let's, this is perfect. <laughs> C- Canadians love banana and birds. All right? <laughs> Shut up, Steve. I. Uh, so I, I, you know, the, I, uh, there was actually something, uh, an interesting note, one of the final levels I wanted to chat about. Uh, the volcanic island that the Kremlings are on mm-hmm. is called uh, Krematoa, which is a play on Krakatoa, which is an actual volcanic island in Indonesia, uh, which uh, uh, you know became world-renowned when it erupted in 1883 and killed a bunch of people. No big deal. <laughs> like a lot of people. Like a whole bunch of people. Oh, my God. <laughs> It was pretty depressing. Like Volcanoes <laughs> happen, okay? Let's not, let's not, let's not overblow it. Craig here. always wants to bring it to a dark place. I, I mean, that's what I do. I uh, so I uh, I uh, what was you mentioned that I uh, I uh, uh, one of the bosses you the the bonus games are practice for it. Can, can we give a rundown and talk about how the bosses in this game? I kind of hate. Oh, I hate the bosses. <laughs> like all of them. So <laughs> almost all of them. So as, as a kid growing up, I I still loved this game, uh-huh. and I thought the whole open world thing was really cool. Yeah. Um, I liked that they bought, brought back like a brutish character, someone that can step on the you know the the tougher characters. That... Dinky Kong. Yeah, right? Dinky. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not Kitty, Dinky. Uh, but like in in the second one, you have Dixie and Diddy, who are smaller characters, and they can't they can't kick the butt of every enemy yeah they can't throw their weight around like so i enjoyed that but but yes the bosses in this game were horrendous um but which one did you want to talk about all of them (laughs) (laughs) well let's run through the list so can we start with the one boss that i i like quite a bit oh sure sure i like his name is i think belch the first one now it's stupid that it's a giant barrel so you're in the sawmill and it's a giant barrel who uh vomits beetles at you Oh yeah, I and you remember have to that jump guy. on the beetles and throw them into its open mouth, and eventually it will burp and push itself back. And eventually, you 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 have it burp enough times that it falls off a cliff. And if you don't do a good job, it will eventually push you off the other side. And to me, I was like, well, this was a really unique battle that was fun and not frustratingly hard. Yeah, yeah. That continues to not be true at all for pretty much the rest of the bosses. So the spider, that's the one that I hated the most. The spider most. was the second one. and um, Yeah, what was the spider like? I'm not remembering right. it very well. So the spider, you know, it's, it's like a giant spider from the top, and it will drop down on you. Mm-hmm. And there's a little area in between its legs, like in the center, that you can avoid being hit. But it's really hard to avoid being hit. And it's the same spot where you hit him, too. So he has the, the tiniest hitbox between these legs that come down even further than its body. So you not uh. only do you, have to, do you have to throw it up at it, you have to do it between its legs. Because there's one spawn pot where a, a spot where a barrel will be. that You have to jump up two platforms to grab the barrel. Yeah. 
and then you can throw the barrel up underneath it to stun it. And you can, in certain spots, jump off of its body over to the ledge to get the get the barrel. But mm-hmm. you have to land on the body, which is small compared to the giant legs that will kill you. It's annoying to do. Yeah, and if, yeah, it, hit, if it hits the legs, the barrel just breaks. Yes. I, I only vaguely remember that boss. I remember the first one a lot mm-hmm. more. So what else do we have aside from the spider in the barrel? Well, after, there's certain once you get to you know Donkey Kong Country bosses after the first game start doing phases like a lot of boss battles do oh, where sure. where they they turn it up they change their attack pattern. Well, the third phase of this one, oh, yeah. he starts shooting purple poison orbs that bounce off the wall like pong balls that you have to avoid. So again, totally annoying. Yeah, Uh, that's super frustrating. So the next boss is your first encounter with the robot. Oh, right, because you fight the robot multiple times throughout the game. I remember now. And that one's a pretty fair, pretty easy. Like, that one isn't enraging. It just, it feels so... Some of the between fighting a giant sentient barrel and now a <laughs> robot, it does feel like really out of place compared to the type of bosses you fought in the previous game. But yeah, because in the previous game, well, in the first one, it was just like souped up versions of regular enemies. Yes. Yeah. The second one was, uh, you know, it was like, you know, like a pi- giant magic pirate sword and a yeah. big dude with a club. And yeah. I mean, it was a little bit more down to earth King, uh, uh, Donkey Kong stuff. Uh, but yeah, giant sentient barrel and robots. Little, little different. It's a little weird for Donkey Kong. So the the one I was referencing earlier. So you play the ball throwing game with Cranky Kong. Yeah. Well, when you go through the snow world, the final boss is a snowman, who. <laughs> oh yeah. It is in the same perspective as the ball throwing game. You throw snowballs at the snowman, and he can go from the background to the foreground, and he has different styles mm-hmm. of attacks. It's not a terrible boss battle, but it's so jarring to go from regular gameplay, you know, mm-hmm. side-scrolling platforming to now you're doing a ball-throwing, snowball-throwing boss battle. It, it's it's really jarring, but it's it's not too frustrating. I didn't have a hard time with that boss. I, I do remember that boss, now that you're mentioning it, the, the weird snowman uh, mm-hmm. boss. Yes. it's. It, I mean, it's kind of cool that they, they you know, are... are sort of setting you up for it through the mini games like oh like play these mini games play these mini games are yeah. you good at them oh great yeah. now you can take out of all the bosses boss. he's probably my least frustrating one yeah yeah i i, I would say belch you know the, the barrel is the least least frustrating than probably the snowman next mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The, the this next one i watched a speed run also in preparation uh mm-hmm. f- to record this show and when i watched the speedrunner do it i felt like a total idiot <laughs> I'm like, man, I didn't even think about playing the level this way. So it's like a waterfall crab that spits water. But Uh you have to play the level as Ellie the Elephant. Oh. And you have to shoot water at its eyes. Correct. You suck water up from the waterfall, and you have to shoot and hit it in the eyes. But the thing is, is this crab then blasts like uh, a spiral of water that knocks you off the platform and into a pit and you die. Well, from watching the speedrunner, they just jumped like... Uh, around leading, like having the the spiral of water follow them, and uh-huh. they, they jumped in like a circular pattern and made it work. What I did is why it took me a long time because I'm stupid. <laughs> is I would jump 
and ride the wave back to a platform <laughs> if I was if I could time it perfectly. And that's how I beat that boss. I was like, that was the worst boss battle in any Donkey Kong Country game. Uh, but then, yeah, I watched how a, a sensible person would play the level, and I was like, oh, well, this was really dumb. <laughs> That's great. And then the the uh, the last boss before you get to fighting the boss again and getting to Baron K. Von Rulable or whatever his <laughs> name is, Von Rulenstein, uh, King K. Rule essentially, uh, is a an underwater. It's so this is one of the ones where it is a giant version of an em- enemy you already fight. Mm-hmm. It's like a giant like sea urchin thing that shoots different projectiles at you, and it has multiple phases. Mm-hmm. But again. It's really annoying because you have to swim around in just the right pattern to get these like homing squids to come and knock away the defenses of the giant crustacean. What a weird game. And it's like, I don't want to play boss battles as the on guard the fish. Yeah, because you're playing as on guard this entire I don't want to play fight. a boss fight as the elephant. Like, I just don't, I want to play the boss battles <laughs> as Diddy and Dinky. Dixie and Dinky, I should say. <laughs> Kitty. <laughs> Dinky. Oh, man. And then uh, uh, and then after that, of course, is the, the, the robot battle and then the battle with Baron, King, Captain, when, Rule, yeah. and Stein, and Schmitz. Yes. I... Uh, yeah, the I, I do remember uh, uh, like playing that like you know like the the you know the final battle defeating the robot finally and like being like yeah I beat it and and it dawned on me like you know I was like wait a second in the first game King K rule gets back up when you defeat him what are they <laughs> gonna do to me in this game and you see the like like you know the Wizard of Oz screen pull back or whatever and it's you know hit. King K. Rule is like a weird, like Dr. Frankenstein guy. And he's like, it's like, oh, okay, this is what they're going to do to me. And yeah, then you fight him again. You have an annoying fight with, you know, electric beams going across the floor and you have to ride on patterns and oh, pull yeah. levers from the top. Yeah. That was a tough boss fight. Yeah, it's super hard. Uh, now, uh, uh, Glitch, did you, Dead uh, uh, I here mentioned. You know the like the speed running and stuff. Do you have like the times and stuff of all the best speed runs? Yeah, so I have the the speed runs here. Um, so most of them use the Japanese version because it has faster loading screens. Um, really? The person with the record is uh, Sudi Midi. He has a time of forty six and thirty seconds. Forty six minutes, thirty seconds. That's all the levels. And that's uh, that's any any percent. That is the any that um actually I don't. I, I think that's the any percent. That's the any percent. Okay. Yeah. Um, he has number one in the main three categories, which is oh yeah, that still is the any percent. Mm-hmm. Um, he has the number one spot in all three main categories: any percent, warpless. So in the first, uh, it might be the first two worlds. First two worlds. There's like these hidden barrels in the levels that yeah. just basically bring you to the end of the level. Oh, so I, I mean, it, it, it usually saves like you know twenty to thirty seconds each level, mm-hmm. but I mean you're talking over the course of twenty levels. Oh, so uh, so there's a category for not using those barrels, and then there's a hundred and three percent, which is all the levels, all the bear stones, all the birds. You guys want to give a guess how long that takes? And that, that would also include the uh, the secret hard levels because yeah. there's like five or six like want to kill yourself hard <laughs> so there's a lot of easter eggs in this game so i did i mentioned in the overworld there's caves and stuff where you get the birds also in the like 
I don't know what you would call them. It's not like each section mm-hmm. uh, where all the levels are. Those also have secret caves as well. So I know in one of them you have to go like do a figure eight around two stones that are in the water, mm-hmm. which oh, unlock. I remember that one. one. And then there's also this extra world mm-hmm. where you have to go around this uh, arrangement of rocks. There's like you know a dozen rocks all lined up in a circle. You have to drive around it twice. And then unlocks this like volcano level, yeah, which is the hard levels, and you have to use the bear coins to unlock them. That's right. I uh, how long do I think it would take? I don't know. I uh, two hours. Did I? <sighs> so he speedrun every little thing. Any percent it and for what was the did, so it was forty six thirty for the any percent. Forty six thirty. What was the percent for uh, no warps? Oh, what was the time? I didn't. I didn't put that down. Oh, okay. Oh man. Yeah. What are you thinking? I, I'm gonna. Yeah, I think I'm gonna shoot around like what two hours is what I said. Yeah. I feel like it would take a bit, like all the mini games and stuff. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna undershoot you on that one, and I'm gonna go uh, hour and a half. So it was an hour fifty two minutes and eight seconds. So mm. Craig was like right there. Wow, yeah. Yeah. super close. Um, and then an, an interesting category is there's a blindfolded run. What? Yeah, so uh, Katuna, 24, he can beat this game blindfolded the entire game, four hours and 57 minutes, 22 seconds. He's a very popular blindfolded speedrunner. He has the number one spot in, I'm sorry, yeah, um, yeah, so he has the number one blindfolded runs in this game, Donkey Kong Country, Donkey Kong Country 2, Super Mario World, Super Mario World 2, and Super Mario World 64, or Super Mario 64. What kind of madman would make a challenge <laughs> blindfolded? Yeah, I know. It seems like it would just be an act of hubris to think that you could beat anything blindfolded, especially another person in this room at a Smash Brothers game. But what's funny is, but what's funny is in that boss battle where you fight with um, Ellie. Yeah. He actually uses that technique where you ride the waterfall so he doesn't fall off the ledge. So you're saying I'm actually a genius. So you're just ahead of the game is what you are. <laughs> yeah. I I'm not I'm not an idiot. I'm actually right up there with the greatest Donkey Kong Country player in the world. Genius is what you meant to say. Yeah, I'm I'm brilliant. Uh, I'm I impressed. For, I, I, forgot, thought, I thought you were a madman, <laughs> but uh clearly you're just a genius. I forgot to mention that uh Suman D, who has the, the records for this game, he also has a top ten time in one and two. Okay. Oh, so, so he's pretty good at those too. I now, are you guys ready? So, to, oh, yeah. So I did have some like Easter eggs oh, yeah, in the yeah. game as well as the ones I mentioned. One of them is there's a uh, a Link Easter egg. So from, from the the game Legend of Zelda, mm-hmm. um, and one of them where you go, uh, you get five bear coins in Bazaar's shop um, to get the yellow she shell. Uh, he gives you the option to ask mm-hmm. if you want to use the coins or save them for Swanky's slideshow. Mm-hmm. And oh, geez, my phone just freaked out because I got the. <laughs> I got what he says exactly. So uh-huh. Screen touch right here. Um, he says, uh, "Are you sure?" Uh, a cheesy lad called Link was just in last week, and he asked about the castle too. He didn't have enough coins, but he seemed uh, such a nice fella that I agreed to accept five hundred rupees instead. After that, he left, muttering about my seashell being the wrong shape or something as well. So he was actually referring to in uh, Link's Awakening. I was going to say. Yep, the seashells. That's that's actually kind of funny. I like that. Any other uh, fun uh, Easter eggs? Uh, So um, I had a few glitches. 
Um, yeah. In one of the levels, there's a there's a guy who shoots barrels out of a cannon, and if you stand behind him, he'll actually like push you up and into if you know standing next to a gap, you'll fall into the gap. Mm-hmm. Um, if you take Dixie and you're playing as Kitty and you throw Dixie onto the platform um, over the gap and then you fall and die, you can still control Dixie. So I actually yesterday I tested around this a little uh-huh. bit. And I wanted to see what would happen in a few scenarios. So I got down to zero lives. And I performed the the glitch, and I could still be, play as Dixie, and it just didn't show a number where my lives were. When I died, it would bring me to the game over screen. Uh-huh. So I wanted to test around a little bit more. What if I finish the level? Yeah. So I finish the level, and you go back to the world map, and you can pick another level. When you enter the level, uh, another level, and you start earning free guys, it doesn't show you any lives. It's still blank. Mm. But if you die, uh-huh. it continues like as if you were earning lives still really so i went so it's kind of treats it almost like you have negative one lives Hmm. so i collected a live like two lives i died and i was still able to continue playing interesting yeah i thought that was a pretty pretty cool glitch that is that's nice i like that one um there are some cheat codes as well Uh uh-huh so if you go into the main menu there's the ability to um enter in cheat codes come to find out that 103 percent isn't the most percent you can get hmm so there is a cheat code mm-hmm. called extra difficult. Uh, if you type in H A R D R for harder uh, into the cheat code, you can get one hundred and four percent. What happens is the the barrels uh, where you save like the midway point they don't exist. Oh wow! <coughs> but then you can also do a super difficult level, which is T U F S T for toughest, and that also removes the DK barrels. <laughs> what? And if you complete that, you get 105%. And there is a speedrun category for under 5%. I didn't get I didn't get um get the time on that, but um technically you can beat it more than 103%. Oh. Crazy. There's also there's also like other things like you can change it so it plays like Christmas music. Um you get extra coins, you can do the music test. There's all sorts of different cheat codes and stuff like that. Um but uh yeah, that's that that was some of the cool like easter eggs that I that I found in the game. It's, I mean, it's probably more than the previous game. So, I mean, that's kind of uh, commendable, sure. you know, that, you know, even if they made the game really weird, they uh, went above and beyond with putting in references and fun stuff. Uh, now, is there any other notes you guys had before we jump into the music for the game? No, I think we're good to go music. Awesome. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, let's go ahead and uh, listen to a word from our sponsor and we'll jump into the music. Hey, it's me, everybody, Tim Kittrow. I'm here to talk to you about Old School Gamer. Old School Gamer is the magazine for gamers. It covers arcade and retro gaming, gives you gaming history and in-depth interviews with people like me who are there, and it lets you know what conventions are happening and when. Issues come out once every other month, plus a website full of even more razzle-dazzle, and it's all for just 30 bucks a year. So visit OldSchoolGamer.com and subscribe now. Whoa, boom all right. So, when it comes to the music of this game, uh, it was composed by uh, Eveline Fisher and David Wise. Uh, David Wise kind of took a bit of a backseat on this one, and uh, uh, some, and, it, and you can tell, you can tell, yeah. <laughs> oh uh, goodness, can you tell? <laughs> Fisher uh, uh, worked on Donkey Kong Country One. Uh, she also worked on Ken Griffey's uh, Ken Griffey Junior.'s Winning Run and Donkey Kong Land 3. Uh, Wise has worked on, uh, aside from Donkey Kong Country, uh, he worked on Battletoads and Wizards and Warriors. Uh, you know, let's go ahead and uh, listen to some of our choices here. So, uh, 
Uh, Dada, you chose uh, Jungle Jitters. Is that right? Yeah, it's for sure my favorite song in the game, and it's because it's the most similar to a classic Donkey Kong Country <laughs> song, because I really don't care for the music in this game in comparison to the previous game. Yeah. Let's go ahead and uh, give this one a listen. Definitely more similar to the uh, uh, like the first games and stuff for sure. Uh, now, uh, glitch, you had chosen uh, uh, a song called Treetop Tumble. Uh, is that right? Yeah. So this is one that you find in, uh, in the second world. Um, I liked this one because it almost could have sounded like any other popular music song. It has a really cool like way it melody flows. Mm -hmm. So I really enjoyed this one. Yeah. Let's go ahead and uh, give this one a listen. a lot of the music in this game is more subdued a little bit more ambient almost this is good because it gets the heart racing yeah yeah this it's definitely more ambi ambient than a lot of the tracks in two but in the first donkey kong country game a lot of the music was kind of an ambient sound yeah but yeah that 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 one's a good one for sure it almost sounds like something that you could hear a rapper sample that's what i was just thinking like if i was a rapper <laughs> i'd rap over that for sure uh, you know it's it's gonna be weird but i thought the exact same thing <laughs> When I was hearing it, I was like, man, because uh, there's a, a remixer online called Team Teamwork, mm -hmm. and I don't think he does remixes anymore that use video game music, but he used to, like, he would sample, like, video game music and then put, like, a, a an established rapper song over it. Oh, nice. And, uh, it, it, like, when I first started listening to it, I was like, 
is this one of Team Teamworks songs? Maybe not. I, it almost sounds like it, you know. So yeah, I was thinking the exact same thing. Uh, now the the song I chose is kind of creepy. It doesn't really fit the Donkey Kong Country universe. I don't think it's the water music. Uh, it's uh, Water World is the uh, song name, uh, and it's kind of weird and sort of spooky. Let's give it a listen. real weird right so you can tell me that i'm wrong and stupid you're wrong and stupid (laughs) but i think i know potentially a reason why you gravitated towards that one it's it has to do with the the synthesizers and the especially at the beginning of the song the way it's put together sort of reminds me of uh the dungeon song from link to the past I can kind of hear that. Like, there's just something about it that I was kind of, you know, obviously, like, songs from the Super Nintendo are always going to have a, you know, they're based on the same, you know, they're... The sound chip's the same. Yeah, sound chip's the same. So, but I heard it, there was just something I go, huh, a little of this kind of reminds me of being in a dungeon in Zelda, and I thought maybe that could be a reason you subconsciously gravitated Mm. towards that. It does sound like dungeon music. It doesn't sound like Donkey Kong Country music. Like, I like the song a lot, don't get me wrong. But it does not feel like a Donkey Kong Country song. Like, there's a little bit of that ambient kind of beauty to it almost. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of that, like, dread to the yeah. song, which makes me think of dungeon music. And that's probably why I got that. And know? towards the end of that clip, it, it did get a little spooky there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like the song. It's just, it's not very Donkey Kong. Yeah, a lot of the songs in the soundtrack are are sort of kind of a little a little odd you know in that capacity we just need to come up with a rap album and rap over these tunes that's what i'm about to start spitting bars <laughs> so y'all y'all better have your your flame retardant clothes cuz it's about to get hot in here uh, now are there any final thoughts you guys had on Donkey Kong Country 3 before we uh, jump into our retro relapse i enjoyed the uh, the boat the whole boat aspect with funky we had to get parts for him. Not and just a boat, a hovercraft. So you get hovercraft, you get Shout the turbo ski. Shout out to ski. hovercraft Joe from Last Action Podcast. Because <laughs> yeah. you get a hovercraft. We should have had him game. on this episode. Shut up. Oh my Hindsight's God. 2020. <laughs> but we needed Deadeye because he's the king. We, yeah, we, we did need DK himself. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I just, yeah, so that's how they, they trap you into certain areas and you unlock being able to go through some rocks or going up a waterfall. And that's how they, they you know, that's how you traverse through the world. And you get a gyrocopter. Uh, Oh, you do, don't you? Yeah. I forgot about that. 
I have one thing that I wanted to hit on earlier that I just want to shoehorn in here, uh-huh. and then a, a, a closing, closing out my yeah. thoughts on this game. Uh-huh. One, you know, we talked about you know like they, when they added Dixie Kong, Dixie could fly. I didn't know till I was an adult that Kitty Kong has a special ability. Did you guys know this? Uh, what what is that? What do you got? I didn't know this till I just played through it. If you are Kitty Kong and you do a roll mm-hmm. off a ledge into water, you can press the jump button right as you hit the water to skip off the water in a roll. Hallelujah. Are you serious? Yes. I had no idea that that was an ability. So Kitty I, has, I it's a barely utilized ability. <laughs> Unlike Dixie Kong, which just transforms the gameplay. You can skip off water with Dinky Kong, if you would. Uh, never used it as a child, but, you know, it's something I discovered as an adult. So I, I don't even think I ever knew about that ability. Yeah. I had no idea. Uh, what's, I, what are your final thoughts here? My closing thoughts are, I think Donkey Kong Country 3 takes a lot of ridicule from hardcore Donkey Kong Country fans. It's mm-hmm. definitely looked uh, as a lesser game. Yeah. And I, I think if you look at it as a, a young team of developers coming in and trying to make something that fit within the scope of what we already knew, knew and enjoyed, mm-hmm. but trying to do their own thing and have their own spin on it, I think they did a really good job with it. I still, as frustrating as this game can be at points, I still look at it with a lot of fondness. The way I kind of overall think about it is there's a band you love, and then the band gets a new singer. The uh-huh. band's still, it's really different with the new singer, but it's still really good. And that's what this game is. It's the Dio era of Black it's Sabbath. The, I was going to say, is, it, is this Dio right yeah, here? Everything's about Black Sabbath to me. So it's the Dio. Like, I love Ozzy Sabbath. Dio Sabbath is still really good, and it's still Black Sabbath. So it's the same thing with this game. It's got a, it's got a different group of people that created the game. It still fits in the vein of what we've known and enjoyed from the first two. And, you know, as a standalone game, it's very, very good. You heard it from Dead-Eyed Here, folks. Talking on Country 3 is metal. Let's go ahead and jump into our retro relapse. Jones in for a classic game. It's time for Retro Relapse on the Legend of Retro Podcast. Retro Relapse. So, did I? You got to choose what game we played today. Which is very brave of you guys. Whenever you guys tell me I can choose something to bring, you know that I could really just... Uh, I don't think you've realized the torture I've been putting these guys <laughs> to for the last like three months. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I have news for you here, uh, Deadite. Uh, honestly, even if you had brought me a bad game, it just would have been another drop in the, the barrel. I mean, yeah. like it, it, it would have been just another one. Because I've watched those YouTube clips. You are brutalizing them. <laughs> you really are. I'm glad that we have a witness. What's funny is yesterday we did a recording, and they picked a game that I completely forgot I had and had them play. Like, I purposely bought this terrible game for them to play. I thought for some reason I had already done that, and they, they pulled it out like, oh, we haven't done this yet. I was like, oh, you haven't. <laughs> <laughs> well, then, I guess we're doing it today. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, so, so did I... Today you chose a uh, a very fitting game for for us recording Donkey Kong Country Three. Yes. So as Donkey Kong Country Three is often an unsung gem of the Super Nintendo mm-hmm. because it's overshadowed by its predecessors, I picked a game that, in a lot of senses, overshadowed by Pokemon, mm-hmm. overshadowed by Link's Awakening, other yeah. great titles on the Game Boy. But I thought it was very fitting that we talk about Donkey Kong for the Game Boy. 
I actually have a, a fair amount of experience with this game because I owned it as a child. Uh, this is another one of those games I got from my grandparents. Uh, you know, so uh, but in this case, it's a handheld. So I was able to play it at my grandparents' house. You came prepared. And eventually I started to learn as I got older, oh, well, I just need to ask them to get the handheld games. And so I got to play this a little bit as a kid, and uh, we, we even played it again for this retro relapse. Donkey Kong on the Game Boy is probably one of the top five games on the, the system. It is great. I it's, think so. It's a very good game. And what's funny is growing up, I just thought it was a port of Donkey Kong. So I never had this growing up. I didn't play this until later in my life. I think a lot of people thought that, <clears throat> and I know that uh, this game was sort of looked at as a, a very true sequel to Donkey Kong, because at this point, you know, there was Donkey Kong in the arcade, let's call it 1980, I could be wrong, it could have been 81. It was uh, 81, around, I think, okay. yeah. <laughs> uh, and then Donkey Kong Jr. came out, again, it was a change on the formula, mm -hmm. Donkey Kong 3 was a reskinned re shooter, so again, nothing really to do with Donkey Kong. <laughs> no, not really. This, this was a true sequel, and I think Miyamoto had a hand in working on this game, if I if I recall correckly. Uh, it was uh, produced by uh, Shigeru Miyamoto, so, so it, yeah, it, he had a hand in it, it for sure. It has that stamp of quality by, you know, someone who is responsible for Mario, Zelda, you know, so many of these gaming franchises that we like. This was his baby. He, he was the creator of Donkey Kong. Yeah. So for him to come back and work with a team to make this game, it, I can. it's understandable that, you know, like Glitch said, that you think it's just a port of Donkey Kong because it's just called Donkey Kong. It's not called Donkey Kong Returns or Donkey Kong the Game Revenge. Boy Adventure or Donkey Kong 4. Like, it's not called that. But essentially, the first four levels are the classic Donkey Kong levels from the arcade cabinet. And then after that, it, like, opens up into this... It's like a puzzle platformer. Yeah, which, you know, for people that have stuck with Donkey Kong games going forward, the Mario versus Donkey Kong or the mm -hmm. Mario, you know, the, the Mario minis, like that whole genre of handheld Mario games is based off this one Donkey Kong entry on Game Boy. Yeah, absolutely. I uh, in in uh, kind of like uh, glitch. Uh, when I was young, I asked for this game, and it's just because I liked the original Donkey Kong games. I thought I was just going to get the a port of Donkey Kong. So when the game opened up and it suddenly became this enormous game, it blew my mind as a kid. Yeah. Like I I had gotten to like the final quote unquote Donkey Kong stage, and I beat it, and I was like, hey, I beat the game. Now I'm going to play through these levels again. What what's going on? Like, why did he take Pauline? Where, where is he taking Pauline? And it just opens up, and there's a ton of stuff, and it's it's awesome. It's a phenomenal puzzle platform. Yeah, it's like this cutscene where you're chasing after Donkey Kong, and then you and then it opens up to this world, and you stage select almost. Oh, yeah, yeah. There are different stages you go to. You can play old stages and get more points and stuff, because uh, I think... I don't remember like what you get for unlocking it, but every level had like a parasol, uh, uh, like a handbag, and I don't even remember something else. Yeah, uh, yeah there, there was a third item. I, I, it's escaping me off the top of my head. Mm -hmm. But you, uh, the more those collect, you get bonus stages where you can earn more lives. That's what it is. Yeah. So there's like a slot machine. There's a couple of different game in between level games that you can unlock to get more lives. Uh, oh, and a hat I think is the other. Yeah, and, and so. You know, like you like you talked about, it opens up a ton of these levels, and every four or five levels or so, you have a sub boss battle with Donkey Kong, and then a boss battle on on each map. Mm -hmm. So you go, and you know, there, there's different levels that Donkey Kong's not in at all. Like three in a row, where you're just going against the different enemies that are on there, trying to jump over them, get the keys, get to the next level. 
And then, you know, the fourth level comes along and then you see Donkey Kong. You're trying to avoid barrels that he's throwing or different things mm -hmm. like that. And uh, this also as an extra mechanic on top of just run, jump, get the hammer, there is also a flip jump that you can do that where you, you can put Mario into handstand stance and jump up an extra level to get higher. Oh, that's right. I forgot yes. about that move. Yeah, that was sweet. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so uh, what do you guys give Donkey Kong on the 8-bit scale? You're a guest, so. Yeah, go ahead and uh, give us your number, uh, uh, I? Oh, man. I have to give it an 8 because... It takes an arcade classic, it updates it a decade later to being what is one of the best on-the-go gaming experiences for the original Game Boy. It's, in my eyes, it's a perfect Game Boy game. Maybe I've just been playing too much uh, uh, Spice World on PlayStation <laughs> Glitch, and things haven't been going well for me lately. Uh, but yeah, 8 out of 8. I, I absolutely agree. I think this is one of the the best Game Boy games ever made, uh, and uh, I mean it's it's such a treat to be able to play this for retro relapse <laughs> instead of what the glitch has been choosing. I love how I've moved the curve, yeah. for these guys because now you've turned me into a hero. <laughs> That's sad. Deadite should not be a hero when it comes to bringing us video games. Let me just remind you that he made us do Nagano Olympics. Listen, Nagano Olympics was a treat. <laughs> <laughs> the music was amazing in that game. Oh, man, the saxophone. So sad. So good. Uh, I'm going to give this a six and a half. Yeah. I, think I, I enjoyed it. I didn't get too far as, as you guys have a little bit more experience with this mm -hmm. than I do. Um, but, I mean, it, it's a fun game. You, like you said, you start off just doing those regular Donkey Kong levels, and it kind of opens up. So um, I think maybe if I had more time to sit with this and play it, like, a, like if I was a kid and this was one of the games I had growing up, um, I probably would score higher, but uh, six and a half. Six and a half? All right. I want to tell you what, guys. Let's go ahead and jump into our music brackets. Uh, we're kind of nearing the end of the, uh, uh, the the bracket competition, so we've got some real gems today. Yeah, we're, we're going to get to the point where we're going to have uh, what I like to call the Xander pillow talk, <laughs> which is when Xander has to cut into the episodes to to give us the, the music brackets because it's just so close now that our recordings are happening before the votes. Yeah, it's uh, uh, pretty soon we're going to have those. Uh, today, actually, uh, I think that we've got the, uh, 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 you know, all the answers here. Yep. All the, the votes are in. So let's go ahead and uh, listen to our two songs that are going up against each other. And coincidentally, Deadite was on a previous episode, Nagano Winter Olympics 98, and one of the songs... That at that time has continued to win and is now being played again. Uh, you get to listen to Chrono Cross's opening, Time Scar. Let's go ahead and uh, give that a listen.
really good, right? Oh my god, <laughs> it's so good. Uh, and now uh, Chrono Cross was composed by uh, one of the legends of video game composition, uh, Yasunori Mitsuda. Uh, but uh, Yasunori Mitsuda is going against another heavy hitter, Koji Kondo's The Legend of Zelda, which really, really pulls on the heartstrings. Let's give it a listen. Yeah, this is going to be a really tough one because I think I voted for Chrono Cross every time so far. I voted for Legend of Zelda every time so far. Uh-huh. I really don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> w- wasn't the the theme to Legend of Zelda written in like an afternoon? Or oh, like it was evening? like a day. Yeah, it was like, a, oh, we need a song? Oh, how about this? Tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, like, what? You-, <laughs> you wrote one of the most iconic video game mm, songs yep. of all time in a day? Yeah, Koji Kondo was going to use something else that he thought was public domain, and then they came back and they're like, yeah, no, Mr. Kondo, no, that is not public domain. You need one more song. And he was like, oh, oh, all right, give me a minute. And then he like ran into a back room and took care of it in a day. Yeah. it's it's it, 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 the, the fact that that song is made in a day makes it that much more amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, but man, that Chrono Cross opening is just so ridiculous. It's it's hard. I think this is going to be a very tough one for a lot of people. Yeah. The important thing about the Chrono Cross song, it's the giant killer. It took down Buck Bumble. <laughs> what a legend. We can't forget about that. Cool, blimey. <laughs> <laughs> So, so when it comes to voting on your, uh, uh, you know, bracket choices, uh, of course, there's Facebook. We have voting going on there, but we have voting going on on a whole bunch of other places. We have it on Twitter. We have it on our Discord page. And if you're a member of our Patreon for one dollar a month, it also gets you an extra vote there, as well as early access to our retro relapse videos when we don't have special guests on. Sorry, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> but, no Donkey uh, Kong this week. But on top of that, if uh, uh, you know you are interested in Patreon uh, for five dollars a month, you get access to a special bonus episode each month, and uh, that is our Game Shark special. And every so often, we have special guests like Deadite on. Maybe that's coming in the future <laughs> here. Happen. Maybe it's already happened. I don't know when I'm posting it. And. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, yeah, so uh, uh, you get a ton of bonus uh, content that way, as well as from all our other shows. Uh, so make sure to check out patreon.com slash GameZilla Media. Uh, yeah, and like uh, Craig said, it's, it has stuff from all of our shows. 
on the GameZilla Network. Uh, Dada, you're part of the GameZilla Podcast. Tell us a little bit about that. That's true. So, uh, you know, GameZilla Podcast, we cover current events in gaming and uh, talk about gaming news every single week. Wait, you mean gaming didn't end like 10 years ago? No, no. <laughs> 10 years ago is where we pick up. So you know, we pick up with the Legend of Retro uh, leaves off. So if you're a fan of current gaming, uh, available, you know, GameZilla Podcast. And uh, you can watch us on Twitch and Grim the Dino's Facebook page. Uh, he's uh, the other host of the GameZilla podcast. And, of course, we have special perks on Patreon as well, a Patreon pre-show that gets posted every week, uh, Dungeon of Doom. If you're a pro- fan of professional wrestling, I do a recap of uh, what's happening leading up to every month's uh, WWE pay-per-view. And, uh, you know, we have early access voting. You can vote on a, t- a topic uh, for the games of the podcast every week yeah so you get a ton of bonus content uh not just from legend of retro also uh the gamezilla show as well of course as you know all our other shows on the network you know make sure to uh check out our patreon page and of course that is patreon.com slash gamezilla media uh but otherwise i think that's uh about all the time we have for today uh so we're gonna go ahead and sign off uh but we'll see you next time when the legend continues <laughs>